Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. This is an episode that I'm going to be just talking again. This is, um, you know, we have had a lot of guests on lately, and I'm going to have more on later this week and next week. Actually, it's been very cool, uh, but what's strange is that I never really intended the podcast in going that direction. Um, I had had, some time ago, interviews with uh, many different people, um, just about a lot of different subjects. Like, I um, had talked with somebody about uh, the 10 Hours Walking video um, in New York, which was weird because when that video came out, it was a really big deal. And then now it's like nobody, hardly anybody remembers it. You'd have to go Google it. It's not on the top of anyone's mind anymore, which is, I think, a little bit strange because it was such a big deal when it originally came out. It was like, if you guys need to, you actually maybe need to go take a look because this video was so controversial when it came out like three years ago, and it was legitimately just uh, this woman who was walking in th- through New York for 10 hours, and then... She was being, uh, she was following a guy with a camera on the back, like a GoPro on the back of his backpack and like an audio recorder and literally just recorded everything that happened to her walking around New York. And there was just, <laughs> it was like all these cat calls and guys who were saying stupid shit to her, like, smile, baby. Like, come on, smile. And it was supposed to prove this is what women put up with in their daily lives, uh, which was kind of amazing because, one, if that's true, then man, there are so many asshole douchebag idiot men out there. Um, I think one, which maybe every woman listening to this, <laughs> all one or two of you, <laughs> are just rolling your eyes at because you're like, of course, of course that's true. Yeah, but like it was really surprising to me, and I was trying to process it because like I didn't think it was like made up. Like I didn't think it was a lie, but I had to talk with. <laughs> I don't even know why the fuck I'm talking about this this morning. I had to talk with. A friend of mine who is um, a you know feminist professionally, basically, to about you know how should I take it? How should we digest it? Um, I didn't think it was like made up, but it was certainly it was cer- it was just a lot. It was a lot for me because I was like, man, there's no I could just how could this could not be every day? Like it would just seem like more women would go insane and stab a dude to death. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, after watching the video, I'd be like, man, it's well, pretty well deserved. <laughs> I just, what do you, you know, it's hard to understand how, and I, I will tie this in in a moment, I think. Uh, but it's hard to understand how something outside of your reality functions, right? Like, I, you know, I was talking with Ron Irvin, uh, who will be, I'll probably post that episode next week, about bubbles, and how you can live in a bubble. And we all, to some extent, live in our own bubbles. You know, you you have a sense for what is real around you. You have a sense for what, you know, what the values and morals are and how the world works. And a lot of it is just informed by your local environment, your local conditions, you know. And it's weird because men don't get catcalled ever, pretty much. And m- m- I'm somebody who... I've never catcalled anybody, so watching a video of a woman getting catcalled all day just feels strange because I think, why would these men do this? That's so ridiculous. And um, all the explanations that you know um, you heard about it in the video, like, oh, it's about power, and it's about 
um, these men trying to, you know, enforce their power. And I think I, I just, that doesn't, none of that rings true to me for some reason. And maybe it's because I'm not somebody who would do that or has ever done that. So those explanations don't make sense to me in that kind of way. Um, but it's weird because it's like, you can't discount it. It's like a thing that happened. So sometimes I bring on people, that's the fucking longest winded way to say, sometimes I bring on people to talk about things that I'm trying to digest. Like Meredith Cachel, who was just on the podcast yesterday, I released the episode and I thought it was good timing. And I'll tie this 10 hours walking thing in, in a moment because I thought it was good timing because the Aziz Ansari thing came out and it was weird because Meredith and I have had a couple of different conversations about all this stuff happening. We talked about Louis C.K. on the podcast and how, you know, he he can't, he's, you know, what he did was wrong and it is on a spectrum. So obviously it's not quite as wrong as Harvey Weinstein, um, but it was wrong and he knew that he was drawing women into a situation that was um, compromising. And even though he was asking for consent, it was a, a very weird place to, to put them in. So this Aziz situation is interesting because I was speaking with her about it. And it's a similar kind of, I think, thing about living, being in a bubble. Um, I, I think it's it's weird because all these dudes are going down and everybody's getting accused. And it's strange because I think that a lot of like men are confused at their own feelings. And I think that if they're honest, if they're being honest and they're concerned about women, I think they're afraid that their normal male sexual behavior is now, what they're hearing is that it's injurious to women. It's causing harm and pain. And this this <laughs> situation with Aziz, I almost read that way. And Meredith uh, was in some sort of agreement. I think she was like, look, this is different. I don't really feel the same way about this. And uh, I think it's partially because it just sounds like it was a bad date that like went wrong, <laughs> like went really bad. And uh, like it was just, it was a bad date. And, you know, Aziz was being a little bit of a creeper in the sense that he was really pushing it, but it sounded like he didn't, he was like, Hey, yeah, you should blow me. <laughs> and she was like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> and then, he just was like, okay. And she wanted to leave and he got her an Uber. Like, it sounded like it was a totally <laughs> normal, you know, like he was, you know, he <laughs> he was awkward, sure. And he asked her to do something she didn't feel comfortable with. But there was a part in the article where it's like he put her fingers down her throat. And you think, what, what point on a normal date does that ever take place? <laughs> Pardon me, young lady. Come here so I can test out your your gag reflexes with my fingers on this first date (laughs) you think like man was he on drugs or was she on drugs or were they both drunk or like it's just totally that's insane why would anybody do that (laughs) oh man i can't imagine in a normal course of human interaction on a date where that would be i've never done that (laughs) i can't imagine anybody else doing that like what was it? were they playing a game they never explained it in the article and the whole thrust of it is like look at this creeper i don't know man it's a big universe all sorts of weird shit happens between consenting adults that's the thing i mean like i think that he was right to apologize because i think that it makes sense uh to do that based on what everybody's reading but it was also just kind of like 
I don't, you know, is he a total skis bag because of doing this? I don't know. And it's also conceivable. Nobody's saying this. And this is really the whole point of what I wanted to bring up here. Uh, nobody teaches men how to do any of this shit. Nobody, nobody teaches us this. And women expect you to get it right, and they get angry when you get it wrong. And was is it wrong when Louis does it? Yeah, we know that. That's why we go, hey, it's hey, that was wrong publicly. And he goes, you're right, it was. I'm sorry, that was shitty. I should have known better. I did know better, and I still did it. And uh, you know, good good for him. Even if you hate him and malign him, he said the he owned up to it. You know, same thing with Dan Harmon. Uh, you know, Meredith and I were talking about that a little bit. He came out and did the whole apology, and it was public and all of that. Maybe even a little bit if you hate him, James Franco, who publicly was like, you know what, I don't want to, I'm not, you know, I have my side of the story, but I don't think I need to talk about it. Um, this woman doesn't have a platform, so let's, you know, I don't want to say anything that'll diminish the what I think is right, right, rightfully happening in Hollywood. I just think it's a little bit weird because it's like, you, no one teaches men how to get it right. When you get it right, that's when everything, nothing bad happens. That's it. It's like you have sex and that's fine. Uh, but if you get it wrong at all, then later it's like you, you're getting lambasted in the media or attacked or whatever. And I think that, uh, men are just in a very strange position. Now, some of my listeners are going to hear that and go, fuck men who gives a shit. You have all these powerful positions. You uh, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's only men who are perpetrating this shit, right? Like we don't have, there aren't stories of like women putting men in compromising positions, um, so clearly if men are the problem, we should, I think, focus on them, uh, you know, and, and try to focus on where the problem is and where it's happening. That's, that's a little bit, I think the other side of it, I didn't intend to talk about this at all, by the way, on the podcast today, you guys have all tuned out. There's nothing is funny about this. <laughs> it, it, it's so heavy, man. I'm so, here's the other thing. We can stop talking about it right now because I'm so fucking tired of hearing about this shit. I'm so tired of this. I'm it's I'm done with it. It's like it's so weird because when I was in Edinburgh, none of this stuff happened. Nobody talked about Me Too stuff. I mean, it was technically before the movement began, I guess. So that's, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But nobody talked about that. Nobody talked about like racial issues. Nobody talked about it was ever. It's so weird. It's not like the UK is a bastion of harmony. It's just that this the United States is completely gone off the fucking deep end on every side of the political spectrum with all of this insanity. We're through the looking glass. We're into a world that none of us understand or we're brought up capable of supposed to be understanding. It makes no goddamn sense. Like, everybody is super selfish trying to find everything that supports their own worldview, has absolutely no patience or empathy for anybody else and anywhere in the equation. It's fucking insane. I just wish we could all turn the temperature down a little bit. I mean, it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, for God's sake, yesterday. And I feel like if the guy's mess... And he wasn't even perfect. That dude would have had a Me Too moment lately. That's the thing that's insane. Like, can 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 we just back up and appreciate the fact that, you know, maybe Martin Luther King Jr. would have even... You know what I mean? Like, the FBI was taping him. You know, he cheated on his wife, I think. He was a, a minister and the leader of a civil rights movement basically. And the guy wasn't even perfect. And you know what? I doesn't bother me at all. It it doesn't bother me at all. I don't think he probably assaulted anybody. I think that's 
probably true. I'm sure he didn't do any of that. But the point is, like, you know, nobody is perfect. And it's just very weird that we're all in these having this very strange time where we're we're wanting to you know let's remember lessons from the french revolution here nobody is perfect and we can't destroy everybody or we're not gonna have anybody left you know the terror consumed a hundred thousand something people in place de la concorde in paris in 1788 i think 87 and uh somebody looked that up though <laughs> i you know i it's just insane is i guess all i'm saying I mean, I can't, and, and what's weird is I can't blame anybody necessarily, too, because this is all stuff that needs to happen. Like, men who are doing shitty stuff need to be called out and brought to, brought to task. And uh, we still live in a country with a reality TV star as a president. So, you know, I don't even know. We're in an episode of Black Mirror. You guys know that, right? Like, there's no chance that this is anything but an episode of, of fucking Black Mirror. It absolutely has. Can you imagine how terrifying is it or would it be if this was not actually an episode of Black Mirror and this was just a just real life? (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. I finished that season, by the way. You guys should watch it. It's really pretty good. Okay. Well, we're 15 minutes into this podcast. And let me tell you, we're coming at you live from uh, and by live, I mean, actually pre-recorded from. Uh, Chicago, Illinois. I'm just across the street from the Sears Tower here. Uh, which building? You will never know. Uh, right across the street from the Sears Tower. Pardon me, that was a yawn. <clears throat> it is snowing like crazy. There's a ton of snow coming down. It's actually kind of beautiful. It's very uh, cold. And uh, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't think I can deal with the winters anymore. They're, it is really rough. It's like, it's so rough, man. Everybody needs to get time off to go somewhere warm or just time off to just go home and lay down under blankets. (laughs) I don't mean like once a day for sleep. I mean, you need to get like a lot of three or four day weekends to just go curl up under blankets with some hot cocoa and just, just, just fucking just get away from it. Just, just get out of here. It's been the most, uh, the Chicago weather lately has been like Blade Runner 2049. If you haven't seen that movie, here's what I mean by that. It's been, uh, it was freezing cold. It was like negative temperatures, Fahrenheit and Celsius last week. Very cold, bitter cold. And then it skyrocketed to like 50 degrees. All the snow melted, all the ice melted. And then the next day it went right back down again to like single digits. Uh, and now we're in the middle of this big blizzard. It's been snowing for like two and a half days. Uh, there's quite a bit of accumulation. And uh, it's going to get warm again in the next couple of days. <laughs> this is total, it's total madness, man. It's not, glo- I don't know if it, if it's not global warming, I, w- I have no, I, then we should really be afraid because something else entirely bizarre is taking place that we don't understand. So, it's not normal. I don't remember any of this kind of thing happening when I was a kid. Being Like, it didn't... You know, when I was a kid, like, when I was a, a little kid, like, in the late 80s and early 90s, I remember it would snow, and then it would just be snow. Like, that was it. It would snow, and then it would just be... There would just be snow for the whole winter until March, and then it would melt. There would be snow for, like, three months on the ground, <laughs> 
And uh, that doesn't happen now. Now it's just like uh, all the weather's all over the place. I mean, it's cold, it's warm, it's snow, it's rain, it's ice, it's sleet. I, you know, I don't know what winter is like. Maybe you guys, if you're listening and on the Indian subcontinent, I don't know if you guys have snow or winter, but it is very weird. And uh, the thing about winter, though, is that it doesn't, um, it just decides to, you know, you realize how little control you have. Because when you're living in a warm environment where things are predictable and the weather is predictably normal, like, uh, like Los Angeles, you feel like you have more control than you have. Winter does something very well, which it reminds you that you are insignificant. <laughs> oh, did you have plans to drive uh, out of the city on Tuesday? Sorry, here's uh, 18 inches of snow for you. Uh, did you plan to go on a run today? Sorry, it's negative five outside. Like it just, you have to plan around the weather in a way that you don't if it's if you don't get a real winter. You know, maybe the rainy season somewhere changes that. But even in a strange way, I feel like those things are potentially dependable. Like, oh, we know it's going, these months it's just going to rain and nothing's going to happen. In the winter, it's almost, it's like things could happen, but you don't know. <laughs> oh, man, these are increasingly becoming my least funny episodes. <laughs> Uh, How's the Madness Continuous Podcast? Brendan uh, just talked about Aziz Ansari and the 10 Hours Walking video, which was dumb. And then he talked about the stupid weather, which was stupid. So uh, I guess it was worth 20 minutes of my time. <laughs> Wherever you are, on the train, on your commute, uh, you know, who knows? I don't know where you are. But uh, I hope that you have taken some kind of value from some of these episodes. Here's what I wanted to talk about actually today. I have a a border at my house, a border with a B, a border. Uh, I have somebody who is staying with me because here's the thing. I have a, a friend. He's been a friend since childhood. Uh, he's a good guy. And uh, he is staying. Oh, my God. Goodness. That's four fucking yawns on this podcast. God damn. Wake up, Brendan. Jesus Christ. I don't, you guys deserve better than this. You really do. I need, you know, I'm sitting down. I'm trying to give you what I can. I'm watching the snow fall down outside like, like, <laughs> like it's the end of the world. I mean, it is coming down in sheets. And I, uh, I want to give you guys the best podcast. And for some reason today, I am just really struggling to make that happen. <laughs> All right, look, I have a border staying at my house. I got a buddy He's staying with me. He just got a job in Chicago, and uh, he doesn't have a place to live yet, so he reached out to me, and he asked if he could stay at my place for a month. A month, for Christ's sake. Let's start there. Let's talk about that first, because uh, at some point in my life, I've been... So first of all, I have a girlfriend, and she lives there with me, and is like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) We live in a one-bedroom apartment. Where is this guy going to stay? Uh, and that I thought was a good question. And the answer to that question was our quasi guest room office, um, which is adjacent to our room. It has no door on it. We have no doors in our apartment with the exception of the bathroom, of course. And, uh, I was like, look, I've been homeless before in my life. And when I was homeless, 
Uh, I stayed all over at friends' places. It was in Boulder, Colorado. I slept in my truck sometimes. I had a job, which was strange. Um, that'll be odd for all of you to hear. How could you be homeless and have a job? Well, I had a job, but it paid very intermittently. I was doing uh, sales development for a startup, uh, and they had cash flow issues, which a lot of startups have. Just a... Oh, my God. Five yawns? For Christ's sake. Somebody shoot me. This is ridiculous. Five goddamn yawns I've had. This is insane. I mean, it is, uh, it's early. I'll tell you that. It's definitely early in the morning, but five yawns early? <sighs> Brendan, lemon. I, don't, I wouldn't even blame you if you tuned out right now. You guys are probably moving. You're like, whatever. Let's check this out. We got the Monday morning podcast. We got you know, race wars. We got all these other podcasts we could go after. Fuck this dude talking into a microphone by himself. What a, what a depressing and tired man. (laughs) What a strangely tired man. All right, look, what I was trying to say is I've been homeless before at different points in my life. And when I was homeless, I was crashing on couches. I was trying to hook up with girls so I could stay at their places, which was, had to have been awkward for them. Like, I think about it and I'm like, there's definitely women who had to have known that I like did not really have a place to go. And I was like, hey, can I stay at, yeah, let's go back to your place and hook up. And then like, wow, this guy, he's like really wants to come home with me. And then when he comes home, all he wants to do is shower and take his clothes to my washer and dryer, <laughs> make a sandwich and then go to sleep. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't even want to hook up with me. What a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, I was uh, kind of a, uh, I was, it was a very weird time in my life. I was like, what, 27, I think. I just turned 28. Too old, really, to be doing it. But uh, I had had some family tragedy and some, some things were very strange and confusing uh, around then. So I, I have a soft spot for people who need uh, a leg up. And so when a friend of mine was like, can I stay at your place for a month? I was like, yeah, we, you know, you just got a job in Chicago. He's, you know, he's uh, got a kid. He's married. Um, She doesn't work as far as I know. She doesn't have a college degree, I don't think. Uh, So he's really supporting the whole family and was not doing well in Michigan. I mean, he was doing fine. He was treading water. But, you know, the the issue is that he, he just really wasn't making the kind of money that he needed to make, which is maybe a situation a lot of people are in. And so when he was like, you know, I have the job, they want me to start immediately, I, I said, yes, I just don't know where to stay. I was like, yeah, you can stay with us, you'll help. But here's the thing, <laughs> this is this has turned into the man who came to dinner, which is funny because he was actually in the man who came to dinner. Uh, he's a great, he's a very lovely man, but his presence is just always there. <laughs> There's no private space in this apartment. <laughs> It's all one big room, basically, so everybody can hear what everybody is doing. And uh, it was just insane because uh, it was also, I should say, and this is this is real, and I, it's good. I don't know how it's going to sound, but it was also that time of the month for uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> so emotions were running rather high in the apartment. <laughs> everybody was very tense. And like the thing is, is like my friend who's around there, he is trying to be very respectful, but he is also, uh, I don't want to say, <laughs> he's also uh, maybe socially challenged a little bit. Like we had a conversation recently where he was like, you know, my grandfather or my grandmother thinks I have maybe some 
undiagnosed Asperger's. And I, in my head went, everything makes sense now. (laughs) Oh God, I'm such an awful friend. I'm an awful friend and an awful boyfriend. If anything, I've brought a, (laughs) a living liability into my girlfriend's daily life. I just keep getting images of like, you know, older women hearing about, uh, my situation with, uh, you know, the girlfriend and bringing a friend in and them being like, how dare you do something like this to your girl? Like all my aunts would be so mad at me. How dare you know better than this? And then like all everybody else would be like, well, you know, it's like friends, bros over hoes. And you're like, well, we've been friends since we were three, but I, we haven't like hung out a lot lately. (laughs) At what point, you know, how, how, how much does that, (laughs) it's a one bedroom apartment. People in the 1920s lived in tenements. You know, I'm trying to work my feelings out about this from as many different angles as possible, and none of them are good. (laughs) The only one that's good is I'm like, hey, I'm trying to help this guy out. (laughs) I mean, I had, if it was just me, he would certainly be there. Uh, But, you know, I live with another person and have to take, obviously, their feelings into account. And it's a whole other thing. And uh, it's weird because, like, she's being very tolerant. She's being being very patient uh, with him. And I think he's trying to be very quiet and very patient. Certainly hasn't complained or said a thing. Um, it's just been a unique situation the entire time. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that we can't... I, there's no fucking way I can do this again. <laughs> he's just can't have sex for days on end. Because it's just too, gotta be too quiet. I mean, I have to admit he's been very uh, patient himself because we'll go to bed and he'll just be like, all right, I guess I'm going to bed now. <laughs> get up in the morning and leave and he'll just be silent while we're like trying to get out the door. <laughs> Someday there is going to be a sitcom or a movie that has this this exact plot because it's just fucking ridiculous. It's insane. Like he, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> You know, I come home and it like the the apartment will smell like uh, like some kind of like stovetop stuffers, uh, microwaved pasta stuff. And you're like, really, man? <laughs> what do I expect him not to eat? That's ridiculous. Of course he has to eat. Of course he does. But at the same time, like this is not how I this is not how I imagine my house when I walk into it. <laughs> Oh, man. Either way, it will be done soon. Um, he's actually here this week and next week, so not soon enough. But uh, I will be going to Paris, France. So the next um, podcast you guys get uh, will be live from Paris. And by live, I mean pre-recorded. Um, I'm going to go out there. I'm going out to Paris, France. I used to live there in 2013, and I'm going back and doing three different shows, which I'm excited about, that two of which I've done, actually all three I've done before. And uh, one of them I actually started with Sarah Donnelly and uh, Luke Thompson and Paul Taylor, all comedians in Paris. Uh, We started it uh, five years ago, and it's still going. So that's pretty cool. I really enjoy that city. It's just fucking awesome. Um, Those guys have moved on to do bigger and better things, and they should because they're all very talented. Meanwhile... I am talking to you from an office in Chicago. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I'm really excited. It's the highest 50 in Paris, so it's going to be a little bit warmer. I haven't been in the wintertime before. It'll be a first for me. Gloria has never been before, so it'll be a first for her. 
We're staying in an Airbnb. We're flying out on Friday after work. This is going to be uh, really great, to be perfectly honest. I'm really stoked. I'm super looking forward to it. Um, I may end up trying to do something interesting. I may get a lot of audio just walking around the city and trying to describe to you guys how this comedy scene works in, in the city of Paris. I may get some audio from the shows. I might try to edit something together that's a little more eclectic. Um, that might not be released until I get back from Paris, but, uh, it's a, it's, it's really cool. There's a small group of, of comedians, expats mostly, um, but some French comedians also who do comedy in English. And it's pretty freaking cool that they do that because, uh, there's a large enough group of people who speak English and want English speaking comedy that they, they can create a community around it. And, it's a rather new, at least five years ago, it was a rather new art form in French. It was not something that the French were very used to, Amer- American stand-up comedy. Um, and it really is a kind of uniquely American art form. It's a lot like jazz in that kind of way. It came out of burlesque shows uh, from vaudeville in the nineteen early 1900s and kind of developed into its own thing in Vegas from lounges where they needed somebody to come and basically entertain an audience while the band was taking breaks uh, or before the band got up, which is kind of what Lenny Bruce was paid to do a lot of in New York. So it's interesting because that's actually the history of comedy. And in France, the first comedy club opened in 2012, uh, Le Comedy Club, which I think is pretty fucking funny. Uh, That's just the name, The Comedy Club. And they're starting to get it. Like, they're starting to get it. There's been some recent stuff about uh, French comedians stealing American comedian bits. Uh, and there's some videos. Maybe I'll link them. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, not going to put a lot of effort into this episode today. <laughs> I feel increasingly like the episodes of me just talking are very, very boring to all of you guys. Uh, I think... I think the big takeaway, I guess, from this episode is that I'm still working out my feelings about all this Me Too stuff. I think that, uh, I think that women have had to put up with too much shit too long, and it's bullshit. And I think that we're trying to find, we're trying to find a new way for men to socialize and men and women to socialize together. I think that for men my age, that won't be a problem. I think for some men my age, that will be confusing and challenging because they're left with old values. I think that for men younger than me, it won't be a problem unless you're a monster. But for older men, I think that they are left with a a bunch of social programming that precludes them from truly understanding a lot of this, which I think is is really where this uh, stuff comes from. That's sort of the first point. The second point, (laughs) what am I summing this up for? Like it's a fucking, this is ridiculous, everybody. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to release this. <laughs> this has been 30 minutes of wasted time. <laughs> Just going to sit down and get my goddamn coffee, start my fucking work day. Uh, you know, some here's the thing. Not everything you do is going to be the best thing that you did. Sometimes you got to swing the bat and you miss the ball. Sometimes you swing the bat and you clip the ball and it bounces down and left, and you got to run because you hit the ball, and it's still in the game. So it's not a foul, and the, maybe the catcher is going to pick it up and toss it to first base. You don't know, but you hit the ball. Okay, so I hit the ball today, and it was not a home run. 
it was a uh, maybe an RBI. Okay, maybe I, this can help someone else <laughs> get into home plate. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's very cold. <laughs> I have no mental space to think about. This is why I'm doing the podcast here rather than my apartment. I think that's what's throwing me off, honestly, is that I've got somebody staying with me. Same thing happened two weeks ago when I recorded that episode. It was short. This one's going to be short. And I'm out of my element. It's like I don't feel... It's like I got stuff going on. I have to start my work day here in like a few minutes. And I can't, I'm not in my apartment. It's like you got all your stuff and you're used to the way things are going. And I know that like, yeah, okay, if you're a professional, you should be able to try to recreate it in every environment. But, uh, you know, this is real life. And I'm not a professional because nobody's fucking paying me for this. <laughs> so maybe... If you got on Patreon and sent me some dollars, okay, <laughs> then you would get a good podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I'm not sure where we are. I'm sure you've moved on. <laughs> this episode will probably get eight listens. <laughs> Shout out to Vladimir Putin, my number one fan. And uh, I'm trying to make sense of all of this, I guess, you guys. That's where this is going. And I'm trying to do it in a... You know, we all live in this space where we all have, have a finite amount of resources. And by resources, I mean money, time, space, mental clarity, uh, energy. You know, we're trying to manage this life through the tube. And the contours of the tube are, you know, are hard to manage it down sometimes. So I'm trying to do this podcast because I've made a commitment to myself to c continue to do it and to not just do interview episodes. I want to do more Bill Burr, me ranting about shit episodes, uh, which is ostensibly what this is. And, uh, and, and, and this is the, I'm checking the box. Okay. I'm getting it done. Are you getting your new year's resolution done motherfucker before you start coming after me for not having the greatest podcast in the world? <laughs> Actually, I would like to hear what your New Year's resolutions are. Because a couple of weeks ago, I talked about it. Um, I got some interesting messages back from from some people in India whose whose New Year's resolutions were very humble. I have to admit, I felt very. They were like, I was like, yeah, you complete school. I, you know, you you get those books that you need. I was almost like gonna reach out to him and go like, yeah, just what do you need? I'll send you a fifty bucks and you can buy all the books. Uh, which maybe I'll do actually, but they felt very. They were like, "No, I got it. It's all fine," and things like this. So it was that was good. Uh, what are your New Year's resolutions? You know, are they to do a podcast, a mediocre podcast at seven in the morning? Because <laughs> mine are. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you did, all zero of you who are still here, um. You know, if you're a uh, if you're a woman, good luck. It's hard. I get it. I'm I'm understanding it. I'm starting to understand it. If you're a man, don't do anything fucking weird. Uh, but also, everybody, men and women, uh, and other maybe genders and sexes that don't have words uh, that I'm aware of right now, just have some patience and empathy. You know, just fucking give somebody a second, give them a minute to just kind of chill out. And uh, just hang out and make a mistake. Let somebody make a fucking mistake and then let them know and then see if they go, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, uh, that was, I didn't know. Like, just let somebody for a second chill out. This is, this is all my advice today. Okay, thank you guys so much. Meanwhile, the madness continues. <laughs>